Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode uh, 711, which is a bit of a sort of no man's land in terms of relevant numbers, but we'll get to another one soon. I'm trying to think what the next one will be. Probably not till 8.08, maybe. We've got a long way to go. Or 7.07. No, we've done 7.07. Anyway, this is a music technology podcast. 7.11, I suppose that is. Yeah, I suppose uh, open all hours. That's uh, Yoad there from uh, (laughs) a a quick... uh, a, a, a quick guest a guest preview anyway this is a music technology podcast where we talk about all things to do with the business of music technology recording synthesizers making creating producing uh distributing even lots of different ways that uh that the music technology features in the lives of musicians and streaming all that kind of stuff i want to say hello to everybody over at uh, our youtube live stream nice to see you there inky and paul leblanc and uh, all of those people and also we've got our uh, uh, we're live on Facebook Live and also Twitch and uh, IRC. We're still working on getting those uh, cross-pollinated comments, but we're nearly there. We need Dom back from holiday because he's the mastermind um, uh, of some of it. Anyway, Wagyu's obviously uh, been very kind with his time and, and created some of it working. Uh, I want to say if you want to uh, support us, yeah, feel free to join us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Sonic State. Uh, we post all our stuff ad-free. In fact, I've got a couple of things up there. I posted a little bit of pre show uh with the nifty keys um which we'll talk about later but there's also all ad free lots of other content there um just head over there and help yourselves and if you do uh, join at the sonic state star level before the end of the show it's quite likely your name will appear in lights at the end i feel like one of those uh, 1970s tv presenters where you know you'd ring the bell or gus honeybun would uh, give you a wave or we turn the lights off that's a very niche bit of information that only Probably Robin <laughs> will will have any relevance. In which case, I suppose we should get on and say hello to uh, our, a new guest in the form of uh, Mr. Robin Vincent from Molten Modular and also uh, one of the news uh, editors at uh, Gear News. How are you doing, Robin? You well? I'm well, thank you, Nick. Very, uh, very thrilled uh, to be here, to be on the show. It's great. I'm looking forward to, to chatting about stuff. Uh, that seems to be what I I do most of the time. And so, you know, it feels <laughs> no like time off, eh? a button today. No, no time off. But it's a lovely afternoon where I am. I don't know about where you are, but... Uh, I can't I can't tell. There's no lights coming in. That We don't get any light <laughs> coming in. I can't have the light. This is all artificial light. Uh, but you're in your, um, in, in the famous molten modular show where you do multi-modular monthly uh, and other streams. In fact, you've just done uh, a review of of the same thing that we have for the release day, which was the uh, Nifty Keys, which we'll get onto in a bit, right? Yes, Yes, I have. That was uh, a good fun. In fact, I think it's... No, I can never get the right thumb when I look at it myself. That one, there you go. It's just over there on the bench. So, yeah, it was good fun. Ah, okay. Yeah, mine's back there but my depth of field is means it's hidden i have to i had to do this in the end because sometimes there are things there that can't be seen so i had to you know that's the only reason i uh, invested in the glass that makes the depth of field deep enough hey robin mm-hmm. lovely to have you aboard i hopefully we can persuade you this isn't going to be too uncomfortable and <laughs> we can persuade you back again at some point in the future <laughs> as well well we, i best i best i better not jump to any conclusions and see how we go anyway um mr yoad nevo is here as well from Nevo Sound. Uh, Yard, of course, is an uh, uh, accomplished producer, remixer, songwriter, and also developer for Waves. And uh, there he is in his London studio lair. How are you, Yard? You well? I'm very well, thanks, Nick. Good to be here again. Not the first I'm just time. Trying I, think to... I, joined, I think I joined in around 
400 or something like that episodes. Wow, is it really? Blind. Yeah. 300 episodes. That must be that's getting on for 6 years. God, that's astonishing, isn't it? I'm just looking around to see whether you've got any new items of equipment at your immediate reach. Have you no. been, uh, been No, you've been just been getting on with it. You've been using it rather than buying it, right? Yes, uh, mostly <clears throat> software. I found this nice uh, little convolution reverb from um, kilohertz. Um, I don't remember what it's called, uh, but it's really nice. It's really simple, and uh, you just throw like like any other convolution reverb, but it it has this kind of snappy feel to it, and it's uh, it's nice. Do, can you throw your own? Can you throw your own audio files in there and get? Because some some of them are, I, I I can't remember the names of them. They're ones that you can actually convolve things that aren't impulse responses. So you get some really strange you results. With any, you can do that with any convolution based uh, reverb or filter, for that matter. Uh, IR one Space Designer. I used to use Space Designer because it it's very flexible. It has uh, an EQ built in. <clears throat> And you can shape the the filter uh, over time, so you can create kind of sweeps and and things like that. Uh, and it's really cool when you convolve, especially um, percussive elements like drums and stuff. If you throw a synth on it or something with uh, preferably a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of high frequency content, and then you can kind of create a, a filter envelope. envelope for the damping filter and you can add resonance so you can create a lot of things that uh, um but even that's with space designer it's really good it, but it's it's only if you have logic because it comes with logic um yeah but uh, basically any any other convolution reverb which allows you to to load WAV files as impulse responses you don't have to necessarily load tails of caves or rooms or spaces you can throw anything on it and it you get really interesting uh, stuff i feel that we might have to have a uh, uh, how it works on uh, one of these or just a, a load of creative examples of how, uh, i have the idea of a special i'll talk to you about yeah, that, that later if you've, if you've got i know you're busy yeah, but you know sure. it might be something that could be kind of fun okay well let's get on with some topics anyway so uh first up let me see if i can i've just got to find the uh the right topic which is yeah well i, I alluded to this at the beginning so uh let's go with uh with hello that. and welcome to sonic lab today we're looking it's at all a bit meta create audio nifty <laughs> keys <laughs> I must confess, I did rather do that to, to flatter my own ego because I was so pleased with that patch and I actually finally came up with a riff <laughs> that would use it. But anyway, this is the news of the uh, Nifty Keys, which is the brand new uh, keybed uh, modular um, case from uh, Create Audio. Uh, who we've, they, they did the Nifty uh, case and they've done uh, collaborative, some really good collaborative stuff with uh, Richard Nickel from Pittsburgh uh, um, Modular. 
the cap the Captain Big O oscillator is really, really good. I just like to say I, I used it in there. Uh, I mean, it's, it's full on Pittsburgh pedigree, but at a fraction of the price. But this is a really interesting case. Uh, four octaves, after touch, four channels of CV gate, lots of interesting functions, and just to kind of really. Uh, elegantly thought out a well-designed solution i mean yeah it's done to a price some of the bits are a bit cheap but i don't know you you reviewed it robin i mean you know you as well mm. you, our videos came out at the same time and you've got it in the background there which we can see what do you reckon it's it's a good move i mean there's a with the kb37 the waldorf one which people probably remember has just you know, literally just been discontinued and this one pops up it definitely fills it fills a hole i mean it acts very much like a bridge between those two worlds of a of a keyboard synthesizer world and and modular it's not uh it's not either one thing or the other it kind of it allows you to to stumble from one of the places into the other quite nicely <laughs> so you don't lose that sense of i'm a keyboard player i know what i'm doing i understand synthesizers and then modular which can be a complete uh brain freeze you know <laughs> as to how do i put any of this together and it kind of really neatly glues those two worlds together i think yeah absolutely i mean i think the thing is also for those people who maybe want to take a playable system out as part of a wider sort of musical uh setup it also is a great uh, idea and for reviewers it's fantastic you can just drop a module in and it's all there you don't have to plug it all together really interesting yeah i mean i i must admit i was uh I think they've done a great because it's about 60% of the price of the KB37, which, uh, yes, higher build quality, thicker metal, better, you know, for bed, all of that. That's uh, that's a given. But still, the utility of this thing is amazing. I know, Yoad, I know you, we've we talked about you and modular a few times, haven't we? I mean, you've got modular, but it's, it's hard to kind of integrate it into a workflow like yours where you're time pressure and, you know, whatnot. This... Uh, I don't know where you'd put one of these, but I suspect you might have a kind of maybe a sneaking desire for something like that. Or I could be wrong. Um, I, I think I, I, <clears throat> what I really like about it, if I understand it correctly, is the fact that uh, it splits a polyphonic, uh, so polyphonic playing to monophonic voices. Uh, does yes, it, it can do that, do. or do you have to have to load a module that does that? So it's built in. No. Uh, it's built well. It's built in in terms of the channels. What it doesn't have is the separate VCA envelope or any of that stuff. It just has four. Uh, so in, in, it's, it's the same way as the key, KeyStep Pro. You could sort of set it up like that, but it'd be much more difficult. This is more designed to use the keybed to be able to kind of go four voices across the keybed or one and three or two and two or one and one because um, you can split mm -hmm. the keybed as well. So there's lots of ways you can use it. Yeah, because because that's that's something that's very appealing to me, um, and I don't know if you can see that, but I have four world of pulses which are monophonic synths, and I have this um, program called Polymer, which allows you to split. So it's a virtual drive. I mean, you mm. use a virtual driver to send it from to send the MIDI from the door to it and it splits it to four voices so I can play the pulse polyphonically, which is great. <clears throat> and also you can uh, um, use different sounds for each voice and this makes it a lot more interesting. Uh, so that's, that's something I really like 
doing. And this is similar to, I don't know if you, you mentioned it, the, the native instrument play box. Have you seen that? That's, no, I didn't. Uh, it, it does a similar thing in software. It's basically a sampler player um, that splits each voice of the generated, the, it has a built-in arpeggio, arpeggiator. So it, it basically sends each voice to a different sample player playback engine. So you get really interesting. Um, it, it's a little bit like wave sequencing, like um, wave station right. and, uh, you know, something like that, but you can do it. What I, what I do like about, and I think I'm, I'm finally realizing what I do like about and how I do like to combine the modular element in my workflow is um, rather than using pure like low level elements like oscillators, filters and stuff like that, to use synths, whole synths as part of, of the modular. So instead of right. combining an entire few, voice, yeah. oscillators, yeah, so it's a little bit kind of a zoom out approach. Um, and I have it set up here with a matrix brute where all the, you know, external, uh, all the CVs and gates are connected to to stuff. So I can, in theory, run the, the make it change the world of uh, wave station, wave um, or the queue, uh, you know, wave tables and things like that with CV to MIDI and MIDI to control, you know, so I have it yeah. all set up in, in, in this way. And, and I have to admit, I don't use it very often, but, uh, that's the way I like to, rather than dealing with the, the pure oscillators, you know, with a low level kind of, um, um, ingredients, if you like, or modules, yeah. then to, to do the whole synth as a module. And this opens it to plugins as well. Because there are ways of doing that in software, like with um, um, the Arturia pigments. You know, you can use the sequencer, which is very, very impressive and, and creative to send MIDI data to other stuff, split the voices and, and get really creative. Uh, That's an interesting evolving idea. Stuff. Yeah. I think maybe you've got the right idea there because, I mean, as me and Robin will probably know, that one of the disadvantages of modular is the fact that, I mean, this is the thing with that I found with uh, the uh, um, the Nifty Keys, which is a great unit. It just, you know, it, it highlighted the fact that it is actually quite a pain to make a polyphonic patch because some oscillators track better and some drift away and then, you know, it, it it's ever-changing. And it just gets you back to this kind of like, I didn't really want to be a polysynth design engineer just to be able to play a few <laughs> notes together. Uh, I don't know whether. So I, I, I think but you've got it's, the best it's like, idea it's there, sort of, Yeah, it's sort of an agnostic system though and that it doesn't care yeah. what synthesizer you're using and and you're you're faced with a situation where i have a blank row of stuff i have a keyboard and i need to to connect those two things together to make sound and so i mean what i found quite fascinating was that i would build a little monosynth but then i've got another voice so i'll build another one but with completely unrelated modules and so there's no way it's going to mm. sound 
nice or together, it's going to sound weird and strange and exploratory. And then you add another voice made up with other bits and pieces. You know, your filters are different. You, you might have a similar VCA at the end, but everything else is mixed and jumbled about. And it creates this extraordinary range of weirdness and you know overlapping mm. sounds that it then pushes you into because it's all going down the wrong the wrong direction for well for for me because i'm running the other way i'm running away from keyboards and and doors into exploratory sounds man i just want sequences going weird everywhere whereas this kind of brings you back to this idea that i have to use a keyboard and so my thinking is all, oh, all right, this is really different. I'm having to think of, of traditional, straightforward linear synthesis. But that's an interesting journey because the journey always gets interesting as soon as you go the way you weren't expecting to, you know. Mm. And so I found that the Nifty Keys really pulled me out of where I thought I was heading and made me rethink a few things and then just discover the weirdness of how if you try to smash three or four different synthesizers together, this is the sort of sound that it will make. And yeah, I mean, that, I, yeah, I, that was I, I, I found I just ran out of space and I had to put things on the side because I didn't <laughs> yes. have enough fit. Because I mean, it's very much you, when you have a limited space like this. I mean, I think their next step has got to be a sidecar panel that you can put on the top of it mm. and go and you know, you know, it, it's a very much a gateway kind of thing. Um, 599 US dollars, 499 UK pounds seems pretty reasonable. I know people say it's a lot of money, but it's it's not considering the Waldorf was about a thousand bucks, I think. So it's a, it's a pretty mm. hefty uh, discount and has a bunch more features as well. So, you know, all power to them. And I think there's more stuff coming. Uh, so, yeah, look forward to seeing those at Superbooth. Um, I want to introduce now quickly, we've got a new sponsor. So I'm going to just uh, throw that in there uh, quickly. I've got to uh, zip through a few uh, buttons and then I'll get there. And I uh, just want to say uh, thank you very much uh, to Baby Audio, who are just coming up now. Yep, Baby Audio uh, make creative effects plugins designed to add colour and depth to your mixes. Uh, they won Plugin of the Year 2021 in Future Music and Computer Music and were nominated for the Sound on Sound Awards two years in a row. Get 15% off when checking out with the code ST15. So if you use the code ST15 uh, over at babyaudio.com, then that is the place to get your discount. I'll thank them very much for their uh, support and hope you enjoy their stuff. Right, uh, what's next? To, uh... Oops, uh, not that, that's for sure. I pressed the wrong button. I, I, when I'm looking in one place and another. Robin, you must get this. You produce modular as well. You know, sometimes you try and get fancy and then it just backfires. <laughs> Yeah, I discovered the merge button uh, the other day, which was fantastic. Oh, like that's a fancy one. Yeah, during the live that's stream and just one. watch... Yeah, watch my Whoop. my thing zoom Whoop. about going, oh, isn't that great? And you know, you can bore yeah. people on live streams of that for ages, but it's you know, you find you new can. things all the time. <laughs> okay, well let's let's get we've got a I, I suppose we've got a bit of a sort of FM section here because uh there's a couple of uh, FM uh uh part uh pieces. Uh, this one is uh, a fantastically named Floyd Steinberg, who has used MIDI Dex Ed. Uh, a mini deck set, which is basically a bare metal OS flash for a Pi 234. Hi, you're watching Floyd Steinberg's YouTube channel. Imagine you could take eight classic 80s DX7 FM synthesizers and compress them into a Raspberry Pi the size of a matchbox, just like the original TX816 did in the 80s. Well, that's 
Yes, and just as hard to edit, but this is actually quite cool because what this does is, uh, I think we've got, uh, let me see if I can scroll down here on the on the screen. I'm pretty sure uh, I should be able to do that. Let me just find my mouse. It keeps disappearing. So yeah, this is actually a really neat system uh, that you just flash it on there. I mean, you need to spend a little bit. I think a pie is what, about 40 bucks. Uh, for about 80, 90 quid, you get uh, a, a little two two row LCD and an encoder, but you can run eight instances of mini Dexo, which is a DXM, DX7 editor uh, slash emulator. And that is essentially what a TX81Z was. And so that's pretty kind of a pretty vibey thing. I'll come to you first, uh, 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 you know, because we've we've waxed about FM. Obviously, you've made f uh, the, the FM synth for waves and, you know, you have a you have a head for FM. This, this while not fun to edit, looks like a really nice voice store. It's eight DX7, you know, via via a single, well, it's a bigger display, I suppose. That's slightly better. What do you reckon? Going to be putting one of those in your rack or maybe five? Um, why not? Um, yeah, I think it's it's one of those things that it, you know, it's really cool for people who are into that sort of thing. My, when I see this, my way of thinking is, Okay, I can for 40, 40 quid maybe is a little bit kind of, but for maybe eighty quid I can buy a laptop, a really old laptop. <laughs> I can put uh, I, with even a Mac with Logic, and I can have a group thing where it plays the voices or with a splitter thing or whatever that we we, we mentioned earlier with plugin and run uh, Dext native. Um, and maybe still yeah. save the session with other free, free plugins, not to mention um, plugin gurus, uh, you know, Unify, which is, I don't know if you, he, he just released a library for Unify, which with all the TX16 pre banks um, kind of as programs for Unify with running eight, wow. eight instances of, of text. Yeah. So, um, Unify is a really, really powerful tool. It's it's amazing. Um, it's like a shell of. Uh, it lets you run as many um, instances of any any plug software VST synths um, and sequencer, and you can load MIDI files as modulation sources and things like that. That that that's kind of what I was talking about because he created a, a modular system where the you know the components are complete synthesizers um, so you can make a patch with pigment dext contact whatever in one you know so uh, i would right. tend to to go more into into that kind of uh, that, make, that and, makes a lot that makes a lot of sense yeah uh, interesting, interesting. I, I hadn't really thought about that, but I mean, I suppose I'm a big fan of the Pi. I mean, you know, it's also the tenth year it's been in, in production, and I've always been looking for the thing that would make it actually usable. You know, this sort of pre-made thing. I think the idea of actually doing it through a single <laughs> rotary encoder, pusher encoder, and, a, and an LCD is not my idea of fun. I can see you chuckling there, Robbie. I mean, we've both been through that. We don't want to go there again, really, if we can possibly help it, right? No, um, but yeah, no, no, maybe not. But I mean, I think perhaps if you if you're going to dump patches onto it and use it as in a in a live situation, if you would, you, you could put your live set onto it and have eight different 
patches ready. I mean, even if you're not going for the big, huge layered sounds, you can have you know easy switching between uh, each individual mm. DX7 on the fly, and that saves you having to take a laptop or saves you having to take uh, you know a real computer. Another laptop, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, another laptop. So I, I can see that being useful, but you know someone needs to put it in a box and stick a you know stick a brand on it, and then we'll all believe it. I think at this point, it seems a bit. Hmm. Seems a it's a bit it's well it's very DIY. I mean it looks simple enough. Yeah. And, I mean the video was great. I mean Floyd did a great job of explaining it, I think. But it's still a little bit of fiddling, faffing around. You're going to have to know what you're doing uh, to to get to that point. Yeah. The uh, the, the uh, I think I worked out how much it cost. It was about yeah about eight, eight or ten uh, eighty to a hundred pounds. And I think you've got a good point there, Yoad, know, about kind of creating something that you could use elsewhere. Well, the thing that I find interesting is it's a bare metal. It's got no underlying OS, which kind of means that the GUI is pretty inaccessible. If it was running under a Linux kernel, then you could install things and make a GUI for it, put a touchscreen on it. But because this is essentially running on the bare metal on the Pi, which I think is no mean feat, it's you know it is just. A, a, a Dexted, mini Dexted. That's it. it. It doesn't. It won't do email. It won't do web browsing. It won't do kind of <laughs> UI uh, widgets or any of that stuff. Which in some ways is a good thing, but in other ways not. But I just thought it was a lovely little thing to have, and I suppose I stand corrected. But that's fair enough. Um, let's see what else have we got. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. There's. A, while we're on the subject of FM, uh, we've got the uh, Vol the new Volker FM two. Uh, which could come under the uh, other guys of why um, we'll see. So this is uh, got six voices. It's also got uh, mini velocity. Finally, it's got a few more uh, effects algorithms, including a nice looking um, reverb, shimmer reverb, which I'm guessing is coming out of the NTS One world, which makes perfect sense. And it still loads original DX7 banks, I believe. And I think the sequence has been incre increased. I don't know how much it is. Uh, I think it's probably a similar price, which is about 130, 140 bucks, 130 quid. I, I kind of I enjoyed reviewing it the first time, but I, I'm not sure if I would want to use one a lot because I found it kind of frustrating. I suppose this fixes some of the things. Did were you one of the people that tried to hit the uh, deadline for release, or have you actually got one in your hands? Are you looking at it? I haven't yeah, no, one I have one. I do have one over here. I missed the deadline, but I'm not worried about that. <laughs> Who cares Good about for you. those sorts of things? Uh, but I'm, I'm writing a, a review for Gear News actually that I was just finishing off today, and yeah, I mean, I think. I think my initial reaction to it is what most people see, which is like, good Lord, this is frustrating. I mean, why would you take an impossible to program synth and make it harder to program by taking all the buttons away? You know, you've, you've made it less accessible. That seems like, <laughs> why was that a plan? <laughs> Who came up with that? But then having played with it for a while, I think it dawned on me that what Korg has done is quite clever. They've sort of carved out a way of accessing FM without giving you all the you know all the messing about in the background so you've got um an envelope control over the carrier and the modulator so essentially over just the shape of the the volume and then the shape of the of the way the tone changes of the timbre changes uh, and just with those two things which are kind of macro to the different um carriers and modulators in the background that is kind of enough to give you uh, a place to draw out interesting sounds that and then you can 
you know, speed dial through the algorithms, which always give you a, an unpredictable destination. And you, you can automate that as well, can't you? you I think you can uh, step, you can sequence that, so you get kind of like random movements of, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely in the, in the motion sequencer. So there's actually yeah. a lot more scope in there than you think. I think if you approach it like, oh, I want a DX7 on the cheap, and um, this is it, you're going to get frustrated very quickly because you have to straight away go to somebody else's editor, a third-party editor, and worry about that and try to get that to work. Um, and you end up not being in the Volker. You end up being everywhere else, in which case you might as well use uh, Op6 native yeah. or, or a piece of software, you know. But to actually use the Volker by itself, it, it has a little gem of functionality, uh, which I think is is enough and is right. They've they've kind of given you enough to make it fun while really annoying all of the experts <laughs> at the same time. So I think know, it's not... one of the biggest sell I think it's one of the biggest selling Volkers, which would explain why they would mm. did it again. I remember when we reviewed it first of all, it was a crazy amount of views. People were all over it. I don't know, yeah, I mean I, you know, again, I, I, I expect you'll refer me back to your last answer, which would make a lot of sense. And I'm not sure, but it may be that Dexed or Dexed didn't quite talk to this, but I think maybe with a tweak of the SysX, it could have a Dexed compatibility mode. In which case, why not? Why not just stick with <laughs> with Dexed, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I want to to take a step <laughs> back to zoom out uh, a little bit and to say that the DX7 was never for one minute cool in any way. <laughs> not when it came out and not certainly not today. So um, except a, apart from, you know, the, the Frankie goes to Hollywood baseline, the program number 15, which is so uncool, it, it's super cool, you know, that, but that's a kind of a one-off. But to, to me, I hear like when I think of DX7, I hear like cheap, marimbas and pan flutes and uh, and number 31 the the train which was the you know kind <laughs> the cuckoo of uh, clock. don't forget the cuckoo clock <laughs> um so no because on the on the video on the on the volca thing the, the the girl was really cool and try and but the sounds that comes out of it are not cool because they're dick seven so <laughs> that's that's my you know doing whatever i i appreciate the fact that because that's what we we what we were going for with uh, with flow motion to find a different way of programming fm synthesis but i think that when you <clears throat> use just the dx7 as it is it's very limited uh, because uh, it's based on sine waves and that you know, in order to get more harmonics, it will always sound kind of cheap, metallic. It will have that sort of um, electro clarinet slash, I don't know, steel drum sound to right. it. If you, if you know what I mean. Um, and once you once you change, once you're able to use something other than just pure sine wave, that opens a lot of possibilities. I don't know. Maybe the vocal, maybe the the Korg thing has has these abilities. And and uh, but 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 to me, it sounds like a DX7, which is you know, it gets you to a certain point. It's a good way of learning about synthesis and about. <laughs> uh what not to choose as your main sort of uh, synthesis method 
I would say, uh, right. because subtractive, <laughs> even editing, you know. I, I'm, um, so, I'm, so, I'm so glad you said that, uh, because I think that there is a certain amount of this kind of cloudy nostalgia. I mean, there were some great patches and there are some signature sounds that, you know, you can't get on anything else. But most of those actually came along on later FM devices that did have alternative waves. You know, lately bass and all of that stuff were pretty much based on these different things. But you've definitely got the uh, the show title there. The DX7 was never cool is is where I'm going so far, unless we come up with something else. But I think that's a fair point. And, and, but also, that it's still capable of making some noise. And the fact that it's got the effects on it. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to sort of diss the whole Volker dx thing but yeah i take your point i've not played with it i did play with the um i did play with the original and what i liked was being able to find a patch and then sort of mangle it but then you can do that with the op six and even better because you can bring the op six in and change up things and get really far away from where you were i think i did that as one of the patches in my my demo when i when i reviewed it and that that's perhaps a bit more exciting to me but you know it's everybody gets their own um price point and you know maybe they will like it uh, but they uh, people seem to lap it up don't they you put a volker fm in the headline robin and you you're quitting yeah well not quitting, no i think but, so you know. I, I think you've made a, a, a you know a very fair point it is it does have an old tired sound to a degree i think they've done a really good job on the on the internal patches though the actual sounds in there to me sounded well, it was an enjoyable experience. I mean, I my first synth was a DX100, so when I was 13, I think 14. So I know it very well from then. And I've even got tracks I could play that have it all over it. And it sounds as cheesy and old then as it does now. But within <laughs> within the Volker FM, it was just some really nice sounds, particularly as it now has velocity. I mean, you, you're flying around without velocity is is hard work on an FM synth. Oh, uh, but once you, once you brought that in, once they added the reverb, it suddenly opened itself up to sounding quite nice. And there were some, some good tones in there. And with just enough interest to move it around it you know it became interesting but you know I, I totally i totally accept the criticism as well yeah 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 okay well i wanted to put that out there i mean it was out and Korg very keen for us to know about it and uh now you do i mean unless you live under a rock you probably would know about the volker fm anyway okay um let me see i think what i'm going to do is just uh, come back to our friends over at isotope isotope course uh continual sponsor of the show and uh we've just got a little message from them isotope producers club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer, Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. 
And of course, don't forget if you head over to isotope.com, uh, yes, slash Sonic Talk, they've made us a special landing page, and you can use the the code Sonic Ten to save ten percent on pretty much all of their products as long as it's not a subscription or uh, Spire hardware, uh, which I'm not. I think they still make that. Anyway, um, I, I guess we should have a quick bit of rumor mill business because uh, we do, in fact, have. Uh, well, we have a tease from Electron. We think this is the uh, the new Electron Syntax, which I actually have. So uh, Wagyu found a picture, which I'm going to uh, post as well. Let me see if I can find them. So yeah, it's it, a usual abstract uh, Electron art. Um, this actually is a picture, but somebody has released a picture. This was on Reddit. That's apparently what it looks like. So very much Digitact. Uh, great, that great Electron sequencer, but that's all I know. I, and I pro I, I'm not under NDA, so I can post that. Electron, again, another really popular uh, brand. And it's interesting because they, their, their operating system is very, you know, it's like it's our way or the highway, ultimately. It's kind of willfully obscure, which I've, I've, I've found about a couple of things. But they sound fantastic. The Digitact uh, sounds amazing. You know, I really like the early Electron stuff. I mean, they sound really good. Uh, and I guess if this is anything like the Analog 4, which I think sounds really uh, fabulous, then I'm up for it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't suppose. Have you got any Electron in your life? And is it something that you're interested I in, or is it just too... I haven't. I haven't. I am interested in that, but I have to admit that I never um, played one um, of Electron um, products. Um, I only heard like really, really good things about it. I heard. I also heard that the editing is a little bit quirky, but um, this sounds to me like either there's an element or of there must be an element of fm in what we've just heard or some cross modulation serious cross modulation or something like that in a cool way so this sounds to me more modern and more kind of you know fluid and interesting and 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 deep um so i'm not sure do you know anything about the synth engine i don't me? i, I I don't yet. I mean, uh, Robin, this was probably uh, posted on Gear News as well. Do you know anything else about it? I mean, I do. Uh, well, before I see that, I will say that um, later um, uh, electro, le some of the later models started to use uh, audio rate mod in that they added that to the LFOs and some of the other uh, looping envelopes. So you could really get some high speed stuff. And they work on the concept of these little sort of micro machines. So a synthesis engine might be FM based or it might be subtractive or it might be, you know, so I imagine there's, that's what we were hearing in there somewhere. Sorry to, to cut you off before you started there, Robin. Uh, well, I think the original rumor, which came when they uh, copyrighted the name, I think, uh, last year, uh, we all were talking about wavetables. We assumed, I can't remember where from exactly, that uh, it was wavetable-based. I mean, they used the word slice within the video, which you know, one may, of course, but that could indicate some kind of sample-based something or other uh, or maybe a hybrid and amalgamation of a, of a couple of different things a bit of analog a bit of digital i mean the the image is a little bit on the nose as in it is the digitac um, just with slightly different labeling so is that real or not i don't I, I don't know. It's difficult. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's the... true. I mean, I, I can't say anything of the provenance of that. It was just a link that was passed to me by the chat room. And as I'm not under NDA, yeah. I can post at will. 
no, I'm the same. I mean, I found the same image and uh, and stuck it up, and then other people have pointed out that apparently it's a it's a Photoshop. But you know, um, it's all over Electronauts, and they seem to be uh, rolling with all sorts of ideas over it. So um, we shall see. We shall see. But you're right. Just, I mean, Electron yeah. like to do their own thing, don't they? So it could be anything. Yeah, and just in time for uh, just in time for Supermove, of course. Always nice to make a splash. They've got a Berlin office. Uh, I think it's still open because I know that Cenk, uh, before he left the company, set that whole place up. A kind of uh, uh, electron shop slash performance area. Really good. We went and shot a video there. I think we're for the original Digitone keyboard. I forget now. We went there before Supermove a couple of years ago. And it's a nice little spot. So, I mean, I'm guessing they'll be there and we'll be able to see some. In fact, I've got a scheduled a call with them tomorrow. So, hopefully, I might find out a bit more, but people go crazy for electron stuff as well, which is fab. And, and I think it's because it sounds good, and because the the, the notion of the sequencing, you know, the, the electron motion sequencer is the sort of seems to be the poster child of all of those ways of doing it. And nobody does it in quite as good a way as they do. And they've really honed and made it sort of not their own but they've made it the definitive version of that i suppose i'm not a fan but mm. you know i know lots of people that are you can pull off a proper set on one i mean i think that's it you know one person in a box in a pub um you can you can hold that room and you can't say that about too many boxes i don't think although i mean the last groove box i used was a revolution 309 so you know you can't really top that <laughs> allegedly um right okay well anyway that's the uh, th there's another piece here actually which i was going to put in this this i really like the look of this and i love the sound of the demo so let's just uh, go with it pitch innovations this is on synthtopia fluid chords which is a plugin that uh works as a sort of mpe translator but slide man they're good so it's using mpe we need mpe mabel instruments and you preset the chord and i think the pitch just slides to where it needs to go to the next preset and i just i just think it sounds fantastic <laughs> i mean partly because of a great demo but uh, it's one of those things that you kind of think well you know this is what mpe i suppose you know that should be opening up all these kind of interesting creative ways of doing it i know yeah i mean again coming back to you because of your background in, in creating plugins and things this seems like quite an innovative way and yet really sort of simple it's just manipulating midi data right it's just it seems like a, a cool idea um yes it is i mean there's always you know with uh, any type of um pitch to to midi the the problem always is where you put where do you put where, where you have a, a vocal <clears throat> doing a glitch where do you put a note on or trigger a note on and and stop using pitch band you know what I mean so especially with uh, with samplers if you use um, pitch band to in order to 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 make significant pitch jumps and you're playing a single sample or even a multi-sample you have um i don't know a, a, a sampled um, juno patch uh, when you hold the chord and you do a pitch bend as opposed to actually generating new um notes um thus triggering new samples you're gonna mm. stretch you're gonna sample rate convert 
the the sample that you're right. playing. So if you pitch something down, let's say a fifth or something, in order to reach to for the voicings, the the voice that the voices that you're using to reach the the next desired chord, desired chord, then you end up with a timbre change or with a format change. So, and especially it's, it's much more noticeable when you pitch something up. So basically you're slowing the sample rate and, and the door keeps at the, at the same sample rate. So it sounds higher, but that means that right. the format will be shifted and it will sound kind of, you know, Mickey Mouse, uh, sort of, um, thing. So, uh, I think it's a very cool idea. Uh, it would probably work better on um synthesized or kind of mm. generated oscillators rather than um sample based instruments having said that it depends on how the synth oscillator is generated because there are a few methods one is actually a very uh, like a wavetable it's a it's a looped cycle and uh, so on on each for each key uh, and again if you pitch it down using uh, or up using pitch band it will change the format other other methods of uh, generating oscillators is by mathematically generating them in real time which will not suffer this problem in that case right. so ah, okay but <laughs> But that's just a technical sort of uh, perspective. I think that creatively it's great because that's what you want. I, you know, you, uh, you, what I don't really understand is there's some some sort of um, pre... Uh, you, you have to somehow program it before you play for it to know yeah you, when you, pro to, you program you have to program the chords in and then when you jump to the next a, chord it slides it slides slowly or fast depending on how much yeah. pitch or mod you attach to it so it's a very much a specific midi effect i suppose but yeah. it's it, it, it seems so to it's have been semi, demonstrated it's a great it's, effect yeah so it's a semi offline process so you have to program stuff mm. in advance in order to do a performance basically yes um, that's which true. Is, uh yeah i think it's very cool it's very i guess creative. yeah but that limit, once that you limit. yeah and and once you 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 recorded something into midi like you you have the part you don't want to touch it because if you start trying to edit it then you're doomed you know because all those nice <laughs> transitions will suddenly be all over the place and if you try to move stuff forget about it so um it's kind of a novelty but at the same time it it just it seems to to just work i mean another way yeah. of of doing that would be to to use like a chord mapper or something like the one comes that comes within logic for instance or others to, to program your notes and then to use polyphonic uh, portamento on the patch, which will yield the same result, but in a more ah. controlled way, which means that That's you have discrete. Yeah. What I like seeing is discrete note ons for each chord, because then I know I can always edit it and I can always change it if needed. 
I think I think Joe, by the demo, each time you press a chord, it is a new note on. And also, he was demoing it in live, which has a the, the latest version of live has a much more elegant way of editing MPE and polyphonic uh, expression. But it, it sounded great. I mean, I don't know. Imagine this together with a, a modular polyphonic system and all of those. Ooh, that that would be nice. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, Glide is one of those things you tend to use a little bit sparingly, or at least I do. Otherwise, it, it all goes a bit wrong. But I like the idea of portamento. I like, I like what you're saying there. And also the point about, are you pitch shifting up and then holding that pitch shift? Or are you going to another chord? And how is that working is quite clever. Yeah, I'm not sure because the demo was very impressive. I mean, I was quite overwhelmed by the changing color of the table, I have to say. And I you know, spent most of the time going, how did he do that? But the 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 morphing of those chords, it it did sound um, quite extraordinary. But again, are you going to be using that all the time? Do you have to program it in? There was a little bit of real time uh, play, I think, where you could yeah you had a little bit more real time control over using different using a sustain pedal, for instance, and then adding other chords to that. I don't know. It got quite complicated, but it sounds beautiful with the right synth in the right in the right space. But yeah, I can see. See what you're saying about the. I think that I think the mod wheel the mod wheel de denotes how fast the glide is between the notes. I suppose so. You can get a more of a. I mean, you I guess you could if you were doing brassy sort of stuff. You might be able to utilize that as almost the the, the pitching that you would get when you were playing trump multiple uh, trumpets together. You get that slight sort of warble around the note. It, I, I'd like to explore it. It's forty nine bucks mm. uh, intro price. You know, it does require an MPU capable instrument, but. Uh, yeah, a nice inventive way of using that. It's fluid chords by Pitch Innovations. Anyway, I thought I would throw that in there. Uh, okay, right. Um, uh, oh, gosh, I'm actually going through all of the sub subjects. Uh, let's get on to... Uh, now, I know this was a late call, but uh, this actually looks like a pretty cool uh, bit of extra vocoder action. Is it the truth? This is a new BXV BVX vocoder, which this initial demo doesn't kind of make you go, okay, that's fab. But there are some really nice features in here with uh, sort of vintage mode and modern mode and dedicated curves. Multi-mode vocoder. Bringing together Auto the ingredients for any great vocoder sound. Mode. A powerful vocoder bank, which goes from classic hardware, multi there's uh, uh, Ryan doing his thing there. And th this, I thought this sounded, uh, again, I don't know if you've got a chance to check this out. I know uh, uh, Waves have done some vocoder stuff, but this seems to bring together a lot of things all in one place, which I've not seen so much in a vocoder uh, like this before. And it did, it did seem to have loads of nifty, uh, kind of quite deep features without making it too scientific. Yeah, it, it, look, it looks and sounds pretty cool. Uh, from the way the, you can see the display, the way the display works, it looks like an FFT um, vocoder uh, because you can see that the lowest band is very, very wide. And this is very characteristic of, uh, of FFT. So the window um, is kind of linear in Hertz. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, it sounds. I have to admit, I didn't. I, I just saw your link very late yeah, uh, on, so I that. didn't have a chance to, to really look at it. But the, this uh, demo sounds pretty good. I mean, it sounds metallic. Um, still, do you remember the orange vocoder? I've not heard anything 
just quite like was that. that. Uh, was it that was pro, one of the was that ProSonic? Was it ProSonic? Um, I think or Enso Yeah, I, 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 I do remember. I don't remember. And I think what that, was, that someone but... bought the code and uh, purchased the code, and that it was reissued. Um, and I think it's even running on today's uh, in some. I think it be became blue or something like that over the years. But uh, but that had a kind of a digital nasty, really distinguished. Uh, um, I don't know. It has a lot. It had a lot of personality. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot. There are a lot of vocoders, and it's a very popular. Um, but again, I've not looked at all the functionality yeah. other than no, just listening to the sound of the vocoder, which it's sounds. It's interesting. If you check later on in the video, it's quite interesting. It gets into much more because you've got custom shapes, custom curves, and it allows for much more finessed uh, sound. So you can almost get it to do that kind of uh, auto-tune thing when you've got a single voice, it'll auto-track its own thing. It's worth watching the whole video uh, if, if you haven't anyway. Anybody out there, I'm just saying, because there just seems to be, a, a, you know, once you go, oh yeah, this sounds like that. I don't think that the initial example is really the best it could do. It's like, it make, it's the most obvious vocoder sound, perhaps. Um, I don't know, Robin, did you cover this? I mean, it just I only just got the, uh, the email, so I don't know if it's made it into the uh, news channels yet uh, yeah well a, a little bit i only saw the the link that you sent through but i mean good lord what a demo that was extraordinary you know the, the just the quality of the presentation was amazing i mean i started off going oh i'm not really interested in vocoders and then halfway through i'll go no no i am i'm really interested in vocoders this is amazing so yeah the 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 information that they put forward in that i thought was was top notch and i and i seemed to learn something about the whole nature of vocoding within mm. it and also yeah what they were trying to do uh and i think I think in the manual for it, there's a, a really good explanation of, of what it's all about and the technology and, and how it changes. And they have these vintage modes and modern modes. So yeah, they've really gone full force with, with this thing, which is, you know, all power to them. Thanks for the super sticker, Geosynths. Uh, yeah, it's... it's I, I, it's funny because we have... Uh, sometimes Dave Spears comes on the show and his, his uh, wife has a sort of phobia almost about vocoders so we always have a bit of a joke about that but th this th this one seems to be capable of those kind of classic older sounds but also uh of uh some really more interesting modern it's 99 bucks or it's included in the recent plus uh subscription i'm not sure but do the rack extensions or the new ones do they allow you to run uh, standalone vsts or do they only run within the reason environment because that might make it a bit more interesting in terms of uh, accessing this technology um you know in in other as there are other doors i wasn't totally sure about that maybe the chat room will know because uh, we don't have that many uh, reason users in any of our uh, panelists which i don't know whether that says anything about the popularity or just the path they've chosen it's a bit hard to tell but uh, they really put i mean ryan puts out some excellent content for that and uh, so do check it out reason studios i think uh yeah there I, I am a robot i quite like that uh, <laughs> That uh, it's like a capture form. Yes, I am. That's a nice bit of humour there. So yeah, reason to add on shop. We'll find out about more about that. But yeah, a good one. Right, where are we? Gosh, we're at five past. Uh, let me see. There was there one other thing here making machine. Oh yeah, Robin, you were uh, we were making machine sounds shulper beats. Now see if I can bring this in because I've got too many. Uh, I have I had not enough buttons for uh, my. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's dull, but. 
You're fine. There we go. Interesting new module uh, from Making Sound Machines, Stolper Beats. I'm not entirely sure what's going on here. I think you're triggering with the push encoders and introducing clock division and swing. I mean, it sounds really interesting. The quantization and the movement is quite unusual. I like the look of this. Robin, this looks right up your street. You were kind of, uh, yeah. um, I know you posted something on Gear News. I'm, I'm less about pattern-based stuff. I'm more about the screen. So, But this would seem to be a, just a, quite an unusual system. What do yeah, you know? I mean, it's nice. Look, like lights and stuff in patterns and, and grids and not grids. I mean, they talk about it being an off-grid solution to, to pattern generation. So rather than you fall to the floor, you've got bits falling about all over the place, I suppose, and shifting around. Uh, and it looks... I mean, they've given very they they've they've given very little away, but they, by the looks of it, it seems like very interactive. So, I mean, I'm not sure that he's triggering things with the knobs. I got the impression they were starting and stopping, and you know, triggering patterns. I I think, but it seems to be that you can dial in certain um, certain swing settings. It's all about the swing. It's all about just coming off the beat slightly and to be able to change different time signatures. And then I'm not really sure what the stuff on the right is doing. I, I think that seems to be as if it's a, a, a genuine pattern and then the stuff on the left is throwing in the swing quantization or something like that. But mm. yeah, interesting fascinating thing it does to, look to, interesting to I, I i i mean i'm curious I, I don't know whether it's a generational thing but i started off step i never really got on with step sequencing because i think it was back in the day when i you know it was like a drum machine make a pat and then you'd have to join them together and i couldn't think <laughs> that far outside of you know the creative moment so it's an interesting i don't know Yoad, have you do you use step i know we've we've done some stuff on step step or certainly kit step do you use step sequencing much or you tend to play real time i mean it's an interesting kind of it's a very um, different I, brain I, I approach use, right yeah i used to <clears throat> i used to use it back in the old uh, q i used to have a q q7 uh like a, a yamaha sort of wedge like um sequencer eight oh. eight channels uh i i used to love that because you the, you when you get used to it, so you have one finger on the spe on the kind of next, and then you play and you play the the stops as well. So you you quant it's like sixteenth, um, you know the rate is sixteenth, and if you want you 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 learn how to play it, and uh, it's it's a little bit clunky in Logic. You can still do it as a step sequence, uh, um, but you have to press the tap the the stops. With the with the mouse with the mouse click, yeah. But this thing um, looks looks really cool because I I think f f what it looks like to me is that there are different patterns or it's like different LFO lanes if you like with the pulse. Um, ah, maybe that, you're right. Yeah, that kind of runs and you trigger the basically not the not the gate but you gate the pulses, if you like. So there's something that runs in the background, different lanes, different rhythms or different rates, and you and you, right. you switch them on and off. And that's a very cool way of, of, of doing stuff. It reminds me a little bit of a break tweaker, 
which you had four lanes, but each one can be at a different in a different length and different time, right? You know, loop. So to create um, polyrhythms and stuff like that. So yeah, that's uh, looks 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 cool. Again, you have to to have many different generator kind of. You know, you have to have a certain amount of modules to generate a kick drum with its own filter, with its own VCA. Um, this is where it kind of loses me because I'm, I'm interested in the creative stuff, in the creative way of, uh, of making the pattern. But I want to have drums that are ready made or like samples. Obviously, you can. Ah, I you see can, what you mean, yeah. I'm sure. You can change the, you can convert the trigger to to MIDI and stuff. Uh, that's what I would do. But I like the kind of creative creativeness of creativity of that approach. Mm. That's interesting. So, I mean, Robin, you know, you you are more immersed in modular than I am. What do you use for drum voicings? I mean, do you tend to would you tend to kind of keep that out of the modular world, or would you use something like the uh, I think Tip Top do uh, like one and there's there's, there's there are these little sample mm. players and whatnot. What do you tend to use? I'm always exploring that avenue because it's something that's very difficult to tie down, I think, in modular. You can end up with a whole case full of analog modules just to create the the hi-hats and the kick and the snare, you know, and it can be a never-ending little rabbit hole you go down. But I tend to, to chop and change depending on and what's to hand. So I've got a few sort of hybrid digital, uh, I mean, digital modules tend to do it better. They give you a good synthetic sound um, in a smaller space. So something like a Basimilus uh, from Noise Engineering um, or the Fassel, um, the Vega from Fassel and, and bits and pieces like that that can throw together a couple of voices. I think they had the, the proc, is it, in that video itself, actually, which is uh, individual voices in a small HP um, setting. Right. So I think I think all bets are off with with modular. It doesn't have to be the pursuit of that kick drum through multiple VCAs and filters. It could be uh, as simple as something like the Pico drum, which has a, a bunch of samples in it, combined with some noise generation. I like using the Perkle, for instance, from Bafaco to just to shape noise into both cymbals and and snares. So there's no end of scope. Uh, and ultimately, you're going to be pumping six or seven things out of this into whatever you can find to make a blippy, fuzzy noise. Mm. It's interesting. I, I, I remember speaking to uh, Richard Devine because, I mean, he famously, when he performs, he has this sort of massive, just sort of meandering case and, and all, everything's just sort of so incredibly kind of complicated. And he was talking about starting to use things like uh, sample playback modules because they're those tip-top ones mm. that are very narrow. There are Picos that are really tiny, like 1HP, and, uh, and, and putting in almost sampling things from the modular creation process to then recreate so that rather than have the entire five modules and all the wiring and then everything else that went into it do that sample it and then recall it for later so you have more scope for playing a wider variety of sets and arrangements rather than as with many kind of large modular setups it either has to be so big that it's almost like there's a patch for each song or movement or yes. You know, you have to have using samples. You could you can just reconfigure the thing on the fly with a smaller set of samples. So it just kind of makes the whole thing a bit more portable. As uh, I, I don't know, there, there are many schools of thought on that. I think uh, so. Yeah, there, there I, are. I, like I mean, I, I recently picked up a, an Erica Synth kick drum, which is just a kick drum in a in quite a wide module, and my mind was quite blown by that idea because I suddenly had all this control over things that I'd struggled to do 
previously, you know, because somebody else who knows more than me has put all that engineering into a module and has just given me the controls to use. So I'm not having to invent how to make that kick drum. I'm just using the tools that I've been given, you know, and that's, yeah. and that can be great. And I think with samples, you tend to lose a lot of that, but you know, it, it depends. I mean, another week I'll be going, I'll oh, sod all this. I just want a sound, just make a sound. Can I just have a crash cymbal? Where do you get a crash cymbal from in analog? You know, yeah, things like that. These are the <laughs> wrestles I have with myself. Well, I mean, it happens all the time, isn't it? I mean, that's one of the the, the continuing kind of uh, sagas of, of being. I mean, I know Gaz is. I think Gaz might be streaming tonight. Uh, I think he's setting up for a, a a stream in his garden. So if you want to check him out later on, but uh, yeah, I mean, the continual sort of making on and and reconfiguration of it. I mean, that's the thing that's sort of. I, I mean, I mean. It, in in my in many ways it's sort of my nightmare because when I used to do a lot of remixing and we would have analog synths involved in that process, I wouldn't want because the bass sound of the last remix is still dialed up on the monopoly and we just got hired because people liked the last remix so I would leave <laughs> that there and I wouldn't change it because so it's sort of it may as well be a sample you know nowadays it's not so difficult because obviously we could we've got modeling we've got all sorts of stuff but in modular it's that's i can understand how it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because it's like well i'm booked to do this gig in two months i'm working on this patch which will be the basis of it but i've still got some work to do and i want something else to play on so that i don't have to rip it all apart and start again i mean it's uh, these are the these are the issues i mean we've talked for we've talked a lot about um the idea of some kind of modulation and cv matrix uh, so adding a busing system to the eurorack sort of behind the scenes that allows for voltages to be stored and recalled so that you do have some sort of patching but it's never it's never got there and i, I think there's too much resistance i think so i, I wouldn't i wouldn't like it i like the the action of pulling all the cables out and then doing something else is completely fulfilling for me you know it's just what that's mm. the whole attraction is that is that temperance is the, the moment the fact that it's yeah. yeah exactly that it happens then and then it's gone away i mean that's that's why i'm never releasing any music because i'm never and it's never around long enough to capture that's the problem. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It depends on what your, you know, what your process is for, I suppose. And I think obviously, you know, it, it's about getting the mix out the door by five o'clock or by the time LA wakes up or whatever. So you can't, and they might want tweaks. <laughs> so incompatibility, that's, I that's suppose. The that's the key thing for me. Um, you know, I used to mix a lot on, on analog desks, um, even with recall. Um, it never sounds the same. It takes about two hours to bring an entire studio, including the outboard, to, to, to recall a mix. It's tedious. You sit like that and you, you, your neck gets because you have to look at the screen to match the little dot on the thing with about 2,000 knobs or i think i counted it's like 1800 knobs or something like that it's not fun it never sounds quite the same or even if it does you're never sure whether it's the same or not um so especially when it plays off tape or something like that you can't really cancel out the two files and see if it was the same or not so there's i like sorry but i like saving and loading stuff and um 
you know, and and I wonder. I I, I, I totally get that. I wonder if there's you know, could you imagine like there's there's a. Uh, I think that maybe uh, that's got to be next April Fool has got to be. Uh, you know that there's research has discovered that presets degrade, and you know when you brought that mix back, it wasn't actually the same. You thought it was, but it wasn't. I think there may be. Uh, I think I might have to work on that as a concept for a, a, a new yeah, a new April yeah. Fools because uh, there were a bit a bit lacking in uh, April Fools this year. I think the best one was my local council who basically posted something on the Facebook page which said elephants spotted in a local woods. Nobody knows why they're there and it was just so uh, that was the best one. It was b- better than any of the ones I saw in in our music technology world this year but uh, well as long as uh, they they didn't ask for a council tax increase then you're fine because of that. Yeah, well I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, probably even just to pay for the punmeister, you know, the extra allowance. I don't know. Um, anyway, I, we are at the end, it feels like. And uh, uh, Robin, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. I don't know if you saw uh, Di Stanton was said, thanks for getting Robin on more, please, uh, in the super chat. Thank you for the donation. Yeah, this that, will go towards really nice. me, buying you, me buying you a drink in Berlin uh, when, we, uh, when we meet in a couple of weeks. Well, it's been a real pleasure. Um, so thank thanks you. for having me on. You're more than welcome anytime. And of course, uh, Mr. Yoad Nevo, thanks also. Uh, I guess you're moving on. Are you are you about to recall another mix or are you working elsewhere today? I'm about to recall another mix by just hitting load. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Now, that is not, uh, that, and I think that's totally fair enough. I think we've just got another super sticker, and I don't know if it's going to have time before we get uh, in. Let me see if I can just put that. Who's that? Wagyu. Ah, oh, Wagyu. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, right. Well, uh, that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you to Robin and to Yoad. Uh, we'll be back next week. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, actually, next week we have uh, Heinbach. Heinbach is coming on as a, as a special guest. I'm looking forward to that. I hope he's going to wear a, a resplendent jumper that is a match for one of your shirts. Uh, and oh, and yes. my, my, I, feel, I feel very dour today. I, I didn't wear a particularly <laughs> bright shirt, but I, I do have them. I will bring them on. Uh, anyway, thank you, Robin. Thank you, uh, Yoad. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you all, everybody in the chat. Uh, that's it. Uh, we'll see you all later. Bye-bye now.